First of all, thank you to all of you who are here or on Zoom and for coming and supporting this Sangha just by your attendance, just by receiving these teachings in this way, and also for your financial support, of course. Please continue to support us if you can. Very much appreciated. Can't do this without your help. This is not particularly a business. I don't recommend it. <laughs> However, it is a spiritual path. And if you have questions about what makes it that way, I'd be happy to respond to those later. The title uh, or topic of today's Dharma talk is Pancha Dharma. Pancha means five, Dharma means truth or law or form. Something I've talked about before, but I usually give it the title, The Five Dharmas. And I thought this might be a different way to name the same thing. A lot has been said about this in different ways by Bodhiruchi and uh, Gunabhadra in the Lankavatara Sutra. And by what is the other? Shikshananda. And if you read uh, Lanka, it's um, if you're very scholarly and smart, which I am not, and not false humility here, just a description. You may love that text, that text, or you may dislike it. As I think Chisho doesn't like it very much. I'm not sure if Chisho is here somewhere. Oh, there he is. And we won't ask him uh, why he doesn't like it, because we just get a bunch of opinions. So five dharmas. Pancha dharma. The first one is things appear. Your life appears, your thoughts appear, mice appear in the cupboard, things appear. We name them. There's the first two. Something appears and we do something with it. We refer to it in some way, even probably even before there was any really definite or developed a language with human beings, there were some kind of a signal. Maybe it was just a grunt about this or about that. Helping us to communicate, protect ourselves, advance what we want to do, get more food, um, reduce what we want to reduce, uh, build a fire so it's not so cold. All of those. Uh, yeah, um, condition us as human beings to push and pull and grasp and release. We go after something and run away from something. It's just all over and it's been around here for who knows, uh, million, millions of years. So uh, what happens is we that gets so conditioned, so ingrained that we start uh, feeling like there's somebody who's seeing, somebody who's 
pushing and pulling. So that also arises, the idea of a self, of a separate being who is showing up. I'm, I'm the one who likes this or doesn't like, or I'm the one who is, who is uh, uh, her uh, sister or his brother, father, mother, all, all the various things that we name, we give names to. So things arise, we name them, and then the next thing we do is we project ideas onto them. We, we have ideas, it's a good thing, a bad thing, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be, they shouldn't be doing that, I shouldn't, I should have more say-so about that, on and on and on. It just tumbles all over and it gets extremely confusing because there are so many innumerable, uncountable moving, so-called moving parts to what is not doing much at all, actually. Things arise. I'll go through it again. Things arise. Your thoughts arise. Your emotions arise and may be triggered by something someone said, something that happened to you. There may be some kind of a trigger that you can't even see that has to do with what? Maybe your health, the condition of your health has slowly been going this way or that way without you being able to witness it because it's in your digestive tract. Or maybe it's uh, something happening in your uh, brain. Something arises, we give it a name, and then we begin to add on what we think about it, what it is, what it shouldn't be, what it should be. We, we add on our propaganda, our ideas about it, which uh, can give us the feeling of being in control, or maybe we're not in control. We can't seem to control this situation. So if you were to go into the Lankavatara Sutra and read all about this, it's extremely complicated. There's a lot of opinions about what this meant, what that meant, how uh, which one of the of the, the ten boomies, uh, the, uh, a particular state of mind or way of working with this is tied into as you approach uh, enlightenment, awakening. So, and if you stumble into or are drawn into the, the teaching of the Buddha, the awakened one, who historically lived 2,500 years ago and has been teaching ever since. Then you may get to the fourth of the five dharmas, which is Buddha knowledge or, or knowledge about awakening, knowledge about what this actually is, knowledge about awakened truth. And that knowledge can, can show up very conceptually. Might be different for each one. You might be uh, relating to the, 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 the Four Noble Truths. Um, suffering, the cause of suffering, the cessation of suffering, and the way you accomplish that through the path. Or it may be the five skandhas, form, feeling, perception, concept, consciousness, that area of working with that, that may seem to be making more and more, maybe maybe not exactly sense. When it makes sense, you can just about tell somebody about it. But if it doesn't make actual sense, but there's something happening beyond the reason of the logic, something beyond that, you begin to see that the, the five, speaking of another pancha skandha, five skandhas, uh, is form, this body, feeling, 
this is arising. This is this is something that arises. This, we come right back to the first of the five dharmas. Feeling arises. We give it a name. Anger. Then we add to it. If she hadn't done that, I wouldn't be angry. We actually build a whole superstructure of meanings, ideas, concepts, logic, praise and blame, praise and blame. We get praise for this and blame for that. We buy into that situation. Makes things seem more clear to that part of the consciousness that, is, that seems to be a self or an ego. Propaganda, the logic of that area, ego, narcissism, self-centeredness, me, 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 and my stuff, my ideas, my concepts, my ideas, my opinions. Most of the world runs like this. There, uh, there are a few places where people are endeavoring to see uh, what that is, what the, what is this? The talk I gave on uh, after following Dogen's uh, um, idea there of uh, deep thinking. Quite often the idea is to stop thinking or don't think. But the way Dogen talked about it is to, to actually think, but not add to the thinking. Have the thinking arise out of conditioned arising, out of everything else. Stop meddling with reality, thinking it is your playground. Don't meddle with anything. And what is reality? That's the last of the five. Dharmas, suchness, or this. So something arises, we name it, it's a hand, we add to it, it's my hand. Uh, I'm looking at the palm part of the hand instead of the back of the hand. You can't look at the palm and the back at the same time. Or can you? So something arises, we add on the name. Then we add on, sprinkle a few more condiments on it. Got it to 30 seconds. We haven't gotten to the fifth one yet. Oh, the fifth one. Didn't I mention that already? This is going to make it more fun. <laughs> when you run into this part and think, there's no way I can plug this into 60 seconds. That's why I asked you about 30 seconds. Uh, yeah. Huh? You saw that, okay. It rises, we name it, we interpret it or analyze it or take it or reject it, passion, aggression, ignorance. And then somewhere in there, we stumble into the, the teaching, reality teaching of the Buddha's Dharma, or possibly some other way of approaching this. There's no, Buddhism doesn't have a corner on it. It just, uh, but it has a lot more than a city block. When you and I were just looking at a, at a, <clears throat> a, a what was it, a diagram, a, the lineages coming from the Buddha, from the, the Adi Buddha, the, the, the primordial Buddha before Shakyamuni, and all of the different characters and all the lines running down into the, the Madhyamaka, the, 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 um, the various Vajrayana schools in Tibet, and all of the offshoots from them to this direction and that direction, and it's complicated. 
It's, it's extremely complicated. So I will leave that, after naming all of that, I will leave that to the scholars because I don't have the, the chops to work with that in a meaningful way. But I do have something. And what is that? The five dharmas are just one thing. They're, they're going to, it's going to look like a path until it doesn't. And then when you get through the Buddha knowledge, which means study the Lankavatara Sutra, study the Samdhimodramachan Sutra, Sutra, study all of the sutras, study together, study as a community, as a Sangha, interact around this material. Listen to the teacher, not only this teacher, but any other teacher that is helpful to you. You might be studying the Sin Sin Ming or the Diamond Sutra. Who, know, who, who wrote the Diamond Sutra? We don't really know. We know who translated it. A few, a few people have translated that. Read that. That material is very important. That's where you, where you begin to understand the, the fourth one, which is, uh, is knowledge. It's actual, it's not completely conceptual knowledge, but it is backed up by that. Just like the teaching of the five dharmas is, is put a knowledge in, in its structural form, but it hasn't quite gotten to the ultimate pointing. So we can go into that. We could ask questions about that, perhaps. My understanding is uh, you can see this even if you don't have the, the Buddha knowledge, you can still awaken to reality. Uh, sometimes those are seen a little bit interchangeable, interchangeably because some people are so present that they just have to be dumped off the off that cliff into reality, either by their own karma. There's plenty of room for questions when we get to that around what I'm saying by karma. Or you may need to go through structures. That's why the way I try to relate to whatever students are here to meet them where they're at so that I can see more clearly what is going to be the very best way for this person to work with the Dharma. Maybe they need to do uh, a tantric approach of creation completion practices. Some of that's available right now, not not totally. The simplest way is to sit down, hold still, and watch what the mind does, because the mind is the Buddha, not separate from it. You even have banners in here that more or less shout this at you. Mind is Buddha, or perception only. Excuse me. So the last one is suchness, or as it is in the glossary of the Lankavatara Sutra that uh, the Red Pine translated and has an incredible commentary on. You go to the glossary to say, ah, let's see what he has to say about that. I did that this morning. Guess what he said? It was so helpful. He doesn't know either. He doesn't know how to put that into words. So what did he say? Reality. <laughs> Thanks, Red Pine. You were here, right? I've been scolding. So suchness, the, my understanding of it is that the, the whole the whole uh, structure that has led up to that realization has dropped away, maybe not disappeared, like gone somewhere else. So you see some kind of relative emptiness everywhere you look, you don't see anything. No, everywhere you look, you don't see anything else. You don't see any. It's empty of the apparent otherness of it. It's gone. And what you see is unreal. It's an illusion. 
suchness. You, you could even say, I could even say, we all could even say, it's not even an experience. It's like, it's like no experience. It's, you just stopped covering up your, your Buddha nature. You stopped covering up reality with your, what arises, your naming, your interpretation, your rumination around whatever arises into personalizing it, depersonalizing, doing something with it somehow, not allowing it to just be that. Because if you just, if you didn't add passion, aggression, and ignorance to it, you may actually see what it is. And sometimes in the teachings, like in the Tokyo Zanmai, this is uh, the image there uh, uh, is like a mirror. It's the mirror-like wisdom. Because you look at it and it's, it's like it's looking back at you, but it's not spooky. It's like, I'm not going to do that to you, particularly. Something rises, we name it, we interpret it or add to it or explain it, justify it, blame something, credit something. We go all and all, any number of directions that. I could go on and on, and you could do. We could all think of how do we take what shows up that we name and run different directions with it, using our emotions, using our our tendency to conceptualize or our tendency to, to try to do guesswork around it, speculate on it. Or some people are wired in such a way that it just leaves them with any, with a, with, without even the space of an either-or, a lot, a lot it dumps them, them into a space very similar to what happens when you practice shikantala, especially if you've been practicing it for years. You can't do this in three days, three years, as far as I can see. Maybe you can. So naming, arising, excuse me, arising, naming, interpreting, uh, the Buddha helping you, the Buddhist teaching helping you see uh, that that is unreal. That whole situation is unreal, insubstantial. Using concepts, ideas, pointers, this way and that, all the different sutras, all the different uh, teachings down through the centuries. It's a cumulative tradition. It's not revealed like uh, it's not revealed like uh, theistic uh, traditions are. Here's the. The one who knows, just tie in with that guy because he's got a direct connection to the Dharmakaya or something, to the ultimate truth. Some people need to do it that way. They should do it. You should do it that way. Sometimes this shows up in the, in the East as bhakti yoga or devotional, devotion to the teacher. You could also have a little bit of that, but not too much. You could have quite a bit of intellectual uh, discussion, speculation thinking about it, but not too much. So that's sometimes why uh, the Buddha's Dharma is called the middle way. Not too tight, not too loose. And then through your practice, through your training the mind, the, the, the intellect, working with the community, the Sangha, working with the teacher, working with whatever teaching you're studying, could be the Lanka, could be the Heart Sutra, the Diamond Sutra, could be something that I've said, could be something that Trungpa Rinpoche said, could be something that Gopajina Roshi said, could be something 
that Dogen said, or all the other teachers. Just go down through the list of the ones, uh, the various teachers in, in, uh, in the Zen tradition that uh, Chazan has been te- talking about once a week for the last few months. All those lineage holders and different ways that they understood and then taught perhaps totally differently than their teacher did and pointing at what? They're all pointing at the same thing. Dozens and dozens of ways up the mountain, but there's only one peak. That doesn't mean we're all one. That's a misunderstanding and just perpetuates more confusion. Make no statement. Don't conclude. If, if you conclude, it creates, it creates again, doesn't create duality, but creates the illusion of duality. It's over here that can't find that other hand until it does. And when it does, bowing. Duality coming together when it was never really separate. Suchness, or as Red Pine had it in his glossary, reality is not something, it's not a thing. It's, it's beyond that. You could say, in the, uh, as it does in the Yogacara tradition, is that it is consciousness only, or as that banner up there says, perception only. There's no object that's perceived. There's no person who perceives. Gone. You could say they've come together, but even that's a little bit extra. That kind of reinforces the duality part of it. It's less than that. <clears throat> it's more than that. And the other thing I often say is, it's worse than that. It's devastating to the ego. The ego did not want to see this. It did not want to do it. And it will fight even someone on the path. When they start to get close to the, the edge of the ditch in the dark, you don't want to go there because you know that's devastating. The amazing thing is, as has been said way before I got here, you begin to fall, you begin to fall, and you fall, and you fall, but you never hit bottom because there is no bottom. There is no bottom and there's no conclusion because nothing has happened. This is an ultimate teaching. Am I, do I have the credentials to teach this? I get my credentials from what I'm looking at. I don't need Lankavatara Sutra and you won't either. You won't need anything. You won't need me. You won't need to quote me. Do you see it yourself? Uh, the mind of the teacher and the mind of the student are no longer separate. They never have been. Student thinks they are for a while. Suchness. It's not an experience. Maybe experiential for a while, and it may not. If there are questions, I'd be happy to respond. Sir? It feels like sometimes study or relating to the teachings introduces some distance from the emotional dynamic for me. I wonder if that intellection gets in the way of feeling to the center of the earth. No, still path, still path. As long as you're returning, if you'll notice every time you return, it's never quite the same. You can't find the same thing happening over and over again. If you, if you find the same thing happening, then that starts to build a construct of time that of past and future and happening and not happening. There isn't anything but this. Don't believe that. I'm not asking you to drop your own perception, your own insight, your own mind. Do anything other than consider what I'm saying. Considering it is, it seems to be enough because that way, when you 
do go to the wall, when you do go to uh, train your mind, then you're always at square one. It's always, as Suzuki Roshi said you know, 60, 70 years ago, beginner's mind. There's always a beginner. You never get anywhere. There's no progress. There's no pilgrim's progress. There's no pilgrim. There's no progress. There's no mountain. But it has to start somewhere. So why not start right where you're at? As a, who said that? Some famous nun? Emma? But we'll have none of that. Not funny. Please. Um, does form show up in suchness or perception only? Yes. Mostly the value. What is what is form if it's not um, projection of an object or a separate thing? What is it if it's not that? Then it's that. If it's not that. Then it might have to be that. Be using your your stepladder. Do you have a stepladder? <laughs> I didn't do anything. You did. You actually did it. You, how do you do that? Receive. Receive. There's nowhere to go. Nothing to get. Suchness. It's ultimate truth is not an experience. It's experiential. There's some something happening there, but it's no different than walking through the grass barefooted. It might be walking through the snow, but barefooted. It is form something. It, when we when you use the word form or form in the five standards, is that something other than thingness that we project? Paraphrase yourself. What are you pointing at when you say form? Emptiness. Form and emptiness. Emptiness is form. Form is emptiness. I've heard that teaching before. Somebody thought that up before we got here. More questions about that if you have it. Who's a divine? For there to be form, does there have to be a distinction between between that shape and the background? A little bit. Otherwise, you'd you know you try to. You wouldn't set the table, you'd set the wall. No, I can't do that. You make a fool of yourself. Your guests would be very embarrassed for you. But if you were to do that, and we're not to not see any different, then they would think it was quite funny. So what is it like to see a shape or an object and not project that it's something else? Stillness. Nothing happens. Stillness. In the midst of the confusion, stillness. It's not a stillness that you stop the movement. You in the movement. That needs to happen in the fire. Shoto. 
go going? Is there a path quality or a progression between the five karmas? Um, I think so. We understand it. Something appears, and then we notice we name it. It just if if it happens out here, then it's very obvious. But in the mind, so sometimes I use the purple alligator idea to show that that it's available. Consciousness is available to every everything, everybody. You can have a great uh, deal of fun with that. It's quite entertaining. What do you want to know? Are the five dharmas saying that we need those first three um, to see suchness? Like, do we need that misunderstanding? Um, it looks like probably. Uh, the, the karma that, that has come before this lifetime is very, it's very difficult to find out what happened there. There are people who are, uh, the example I often use is Byron Katie, uh, which some of you know about her uh, practice. It took her a long time to actually recommend that people meditate. She kept trying to do it, help people do it with their intellect, like ask four questions, turn it around, try to get the intellect to, to see alone. And I think now she tells people to meditate. Probably got tired of whining, whining to them. So a spontaneous realizer, the story of her, and I have to, have to uh, paraphrase a little bit. I don't remember exactly what it was, and I wasn't there. But she was in a halfway house. She had drug issues, I think. Um, this is 25, 30 years ago, and, uh, a bug uh, crawled across her leg and she and her, per, her personhood, her, her attachment to a self dropped. We don't know the causes and conditions by that. I, I'm sure it wasn't the, uh, the first three dharmas particularly. She wasn't going through that necessarily. But maybe a version of that, maybe just naturally. She's a, quite a brilliant woman and her, she She's kind of a, I call her a spontaneous realizer that someone in the midst of samsara without the Buddha's path just realizes that there, there really is no real being anywhere. There's no self anywhere. But I know I've never talked to her, so I don't know what that's like for her. But it's possible, very unlikely. It's very unlikely for that to happen without some kind of a structure. This structure here will help you you could say take advantage of this lifetime of, of having because you didn't decide to be born at least if you did you probably don't remember that decision and why would you come here anyway i remember asking myself when i was three or four years old kind of a question why did i it was a very vivid memory of this why did i come back here but what is that assuming that i had been here before because that was what i had said to myself when i was very very young there was no answer, and so I dropped the whole thing around from there. But the memory of asking that question was quite strong. Mm -hmm. How are the first and fifth done? That's different. Um, the, the first one is, is when something arises, you, you immediately impute that there's something there. Whereas the, the, the fifth one of suchness, uh, you see that both uh, things are there and they're not there. That's why I use the alligator in the kitchen, or I, I use the example, as many teachers do, of dreams. Dreams are both real and unreal. They're real because you had them, and they, the nightmare scared you, but then you wake up and oh, that wasn't true. So this is the nightmare that you can awaken from while you're in the middle of it. That's what I was saying, in the fire, stillness. In the fire, 
ice cubes. The, the polarity is always uh, the, is always the same and different. More. Yes, sir. I think you said the self appears when we name something. So is the appearance of form without the imputation of the self? What do you want to know? I think I want to know if there is some perception of form that is without a self. <clears throat> there is, uh, but you you would not particularly define it that way. It would just it just wouldn't be separate. So there you wouldn't perceive form. You would the perception would just be uh, only. There'd be no form. There'd be no perceiver. Just perception. And that would happen initially, it would happen through the sense fields if there's a living being. But when there's no living being, that doesn't necessarily stop. Nor does it particularly go on. Well, Can we differentiate the first three dharmas, like see them in action? I think so. Something, something appears our lifetime. We're born, so we appear. And then people teach us how to name. They give us a name. Have you noticed that? And then when you met me, I gave you a name. What is your name? Jesus. What does that mean? Freedom. Why do you think I would give you that name? Well said. You will. Further questions? Yes. Is it helpful to try to see those three sure. dharmas in action? Yes. Be, be aware. Uh, use the teaching uh, just as literal and as pragmatic as you can. Looks, well, something appears, give it a name, and then we project onto it. Just uh, just the projections just come out of our memory and all over the place. I, this was uh, gifted to me by Chazon a few years ago, and uh, I know who made it. Ian Forsberg made this, so and, and so I know that it was uh, uh, he hired an army of little ants to carve it. Well, I'm not supposed to say that, am I? So we, we can add on. We can imagine things. We can we can we can go to the actual so-called fact of this or that or the other thing. What kind of wood is this? I don't know. Well, let's. Should we just know what kind of wood this is? But we, how would you know it? Would you give it a name? You could just guess. Bamboo. Like walnut. I never heard it said that. Mike Walnut? Yeah. Or Mike Walnut. Mike Walnut. Ian, are you out there? Where did you find all that Mike Walnut at? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the names there, you can play with them. They don't, you, you can rename something, you change the dynamic. Sometimes I say when people are having really, really difficult depression, and they're especially, uh, not always, but especially if they're meditators and they can't, can't back away from that, just a way of saying it, or can't see that it's uh, unreal, then I, I might say, uh, give it another name. Every morning you get up and you're depressed, don't say, I'm still depressed, or don't go into that. Just give it a different name. Call it names that don't have anything to do with uh, typically with uh, depression, like, um, suppose I should think of something. Let's see, let me hook into my imagination here. 
fried eggs. And that would tie in with breakfast. But then if you slept in all day and woke up in the afternoon, it would probably have to be hot dogs. The idea is to, to use things up here. We name them to, to maybe to work right in that area. But you have to be a meditator at the same time. There has to be some kind of sit down, hold still, watch the movement of the mind come and go without grasping it, without rejecting it, and without ignoring it. And those three things that I just said, don't do, you can't help but do those. But by saying don't do that, then you actually tune into, because you're putting some resistance on that, on that, you're able to see how you're compelled. It's compulsive to do that. That's karma. We're seeing the karma. You're, you are slowly, may take lifetimes. If you're sitting here, I think you can do it right now. You wouldn't be listening to me. What I'm saying wouldn't make any sense to you. It would be, I'm going to go listen to Thich Nhat Hanh or Dalai Lama or go, go find a famous teacher. You have a question or are you just praying? Um, with that technique where you taught to, to change the name of something, I've yes. noticed that if I change the name of something that I'm taking really seriously, it can offend me or like upset me. What is that? That's ego. Yeah. Ego, because you're, you're the ego, ego, that's the ego territory of is depression or, or, or addiction or jealousy. And the ego, as soon as it starts to get threatened, it will start to generate more uh, of the third one. Something arises, name it. And then we add on all of our, so if you get jealous about something and you notice the jealousy, uh, jealousy wants to live too. And it will look for a self to generate that. And so constant little stories will unravel like confetti. There's so many of them, you can't stop them. So that's why it's necessary to do it at the get go at the beginning. It's all, I know who you are. Don't get your identity from me or from anything or from your thought patterns. You are, you are not a separate being. You're not separate from anything. Your consciousness is not separate from the center of the earth or uh, middle of the cosmos. Not separate from it. Separated down into this temporarily, this 60, 70 years or whatever you, whatever lifetime, longer than that, perhaps, that you're alive. It feels like you're somebody going somewhere with an agenda or an idea or an ability to, to, uh, build things or an ability to keep track of things like an accountant or another person might be can't work with that but they're a musician so they can play music or they can sing any number of things there isn't a, a single area out there that you couldn't stumble into and and uh, participate in the first three dharmas things arise your job arises and it's called uh, pipe fair. And you go do that, and you know, I am a pipe fitter. You add yourself onto that. And you just go and go and go in that area. But what I would say is, want to do some adding on, add on the practice every day. Get up, spend some time, sit down, hold still, watch what moves, train your mind. You need to become a, a officially a Buddhist. Uh, I can help you with that. If you don't want to do that, if you'd rather just meditate, then do that. But meditation is the important part not just joining this or uh, uh, swearing some kind of a vow or something to the Buddha Dharma Sangha. Uh, it may be necessary, uh, may be very necessary. It certainly was for me.
Further questions? Kayun Boeing. Well, okay, so uh, it'll be Kayun and then Chisho and then Navid. And if I miss somebody, then uh, you can let me know later. Go ahead, Kayun. Kayun Boeing, what is the form of emptiness? Did you break your plate? <laughs> I dropped my, I hit a fork. Oh, well, I don't break. What is the form of what? Emptiness, Boeing. So the idea, the initial idea there with uh, the teaching of emptiness or shunyata is to see that things that we think are something are, are empty of our imputation about it. So it might start, uh, start out by being, this doesn't belong to anyone. So there's no ownership. So it might, might be there or it might be, uh, we might feel like this has a, a kind of otherness to it we have. So it's empty of our imputation, our projections, our ideas, our conclusions, our analysis of that, it's empty of that. It's just this. And from the point of view of these teachings, uh, the ultimate understanding is, is suchness. It's not separate from anything, nor is it together with everything. The polarities are gone. It's to such an extent that there isn't even that. So have to work through it progressively. Empty. Uh, the emptiness teachings uh, also go uh, so far as to say that everything is empty of emptiness. Even emptiness is empty. So here, we're, what are we tied into? We're looking at concepts about something that can't be seen or understood in the relative way, but we need to approach it somehow. So we approach it by, as I say, don't add, don't subtract, don't divide. And then by saying that, when you sit at the, on the cushion or in your life, everyday life, you notice how you can't help but do that, can't help but add, subtract, divide, push on things, pull on things, blame people for things. But your clarity about the blaming is much, will be much more clear that you're actually watching something arise, you're an emotion, and then you're pointing at someone else rather than being responsible for how you feel. If you have anything arise in your mind stream, it is yours, not yours, the ego, but yours, the consciousness that is not separate from consciousness everywhere. There, there, there's not, there's, there's only consciousness. There's not your consciousness, my consciousness. That's part of the delusion. And if you realize this while you are still, uh, while this body mind complex that you call me is arising in consciousness, uh, you'll see that it's unreal. And you'll see that the, that, that which it is arising in, uh, everyone is arising, every so-called uh, singularity of a human form is arising in that consciousness. I'm not saying we're all one. That's a idealistic ego language. Not true. We're not all one. Have another one? In Boeing. I, I feel conceptually I understand the form is emptiness part conceptually, but then as it's phrased in the Heart Sutra, emptiness is form. That kind of stops my mind. I'm wondering how it works the other direction. Form is emptiness? 
Yeah, form is emptiness. I could see that like the, the thing that I'm calling the refrigerator is made of component parts that were brought together in disparate ways and there's no... Yeah, and you're seeing that's emptiness. I'm I'm relating that to form is emptiness. Okay, then what are you relating uh, to emptiness as form? That, that's where I get lost. But, but the getting lost is the teaching. Getting lost, it, it, it is not, it is transcendental dyslexia. And it won't bother you. It will only bother you if there's a self operating there behind the curtains that needs to know right from wrong, success and failure, and is hooked on results. Hooked on identity, hooked on being somebody, hooked, 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 hooked. It's the it's the addiction to a separate self, and you have to see the addiction and go through the pain of seeing that you're you're grasping at something that is unreal, and it is so incredibly greedy and selfish to do that. And greedy and selfish are of course judgmental words, but you just start some somewhere with it. They're they're not even greedy and selfish because they're, they're, ultimately there is no one. So. That's why all dharmas are without blame. You can't find a, a culprit anywhere. This, does, this doesn't mean that the society, which is nuts, is constantly looking for right and wrong and blame. That's why I, if we keep, keep operating this way without uh, a spiritual leader, not me, but some kind of someone who's, who's, who understands what this is. Uh, a chakra of Arden, a, 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 a leader who can see what this is and help people fundamentally by being a leader. I don't know if uh, a Buddha, there's a, the two, the spiritual uh, word for the world leader is a Buddha and uh, the mundane uh, leader is a Chakravartin or one who turns the wheel. Chisho. So I have a question or a few questions around ego and the five dharmas. Okay. Uh, maybe the bluntest way to ask is, uh, are the form, not the appearance, but the naming and uh, adding on to it and the knowledge, are they another definition of ego? Well, yes. Yes, they are. Very good. Shishabhavaing. So, is there any relationship at all uh, between ego and the last uh, dharma, fifth dharma? No, because they're not separate, so there can't be a relationship. Relationship is uh, the language of uh, relative truth. We, we need to use that. That's why Trungpa Rinpoche one time said, the best relationship is no relationship. But if you, if you think that that there's you're not that you're you've isolated yourself on the top of a mountain and you're not going to have a relationship with anybody anymore that is not what he meant what he meant as as i see it is that no matter who you're relating to it isn't someone else there is no elseness so therefore even though the relationship is going on uh, uh you know past the salt uh or uh is there any more um spaghetti sauce even though that's going on with someone that is empty of a self, of any self. So, more? So, um, in that sense, 
the the there is no separation or or I won't even yeah call it relationship between tatata and appearance. What appears there is no real difference or relationship between. Did you say tatata? Yeah, fifth and the first. Yes, yes, that's a suchness tatata. And the one who comes thusly or in suchness is the tatagata. The same word, same Sanskrit word, tata, and um, it's it's one who. There isn't even any coming. There isn't any going. The, the whole idea of movement is uh, seen to be unreal. Naveed. Naveed Bowing. <clears throat> My question is uh, similar to Kayun's and Chisho's. Um, if we see the suchness of re reality, will that still be illusion? So if you see what the, that word is pointing to, if you actually if you actually see that, then uh, it won't it won't be necessarily delusional, but it also won't be separate from delusion because nothing is separate from anything. Uh, the but the, when the words fall away, there's just this. But when when we see we see what this is, we need to talk about it. Then the words come back. We use the words. And so you would see it, but you wouldn't. You would only use the the word uh, uh, like suchness or uh, tatagata or tatata uh, in order to talk. But what you're talking about can't be described. More, Navid. That helps. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes. You bowing. <clears throat> so if what we're talking about can't be described, then what can be said, bowing? Not much. Help me out here. Okay, you more questions. So yeah. do we just sit in silence? Um, well, no, I'm not going to go that far with it. You, would you ask me what, what can be said? Go ahead. So when you as a Dharma teacher point, is that just getting us close to what this is? And then we have to leap and see it ourselves? You have to do it yourself. Yes, that's, and sometimes I may push you pretty hard. I don't really make decisions about things. I don't. I don't do either ors. Um, sometimes they show up and I just don't do anything. If, if my own mind stream is going, do you need to do, you know, to myself, I'm saying, do I need to do this or this or this? I just, I just look at it as stuff coming and going. I don't decide between that. And then if one of them drops away, then I might not do anything right away. But if that is there, then I might go in that direction. I might make a statement about that or say something to someone or to myself, or I might do something. But it's uh, it's dependently arisen rather than selectively arisen through some kind of orientation demanded by the oligarch we call ego, the dictator in the mind stream and the seventh consciousness that doesn't like this and really loves this over here because this is just wonderful. I need more of that. Who can I lobby to get me, get me more of that, whatever it may be? That polarity. 
We would just drive ourselves nuts with that. One more. I'm going to go to someone else here in a minute, but you go, you go first. Can you bow? And so is the, the whole 2,500 years of, a, of the accumulated teachings yes. simply pointers? Uh, you could say that, yes. And, if, and it's going to be different with each person, different teachers. I'm not everybody's teacher. No way you could do that. We need, need different ways of doing this and of teaching this so that someone can have some confidence, enough confidence to actually listen to the words of a, of a teacher who is endeavoring to teach out of what they're looking at, the Buddha's Dharma. To teach out of just the, the Buddha knowledge alone, the, the first, the fourth of those three, uh, those five. Um, I'm not saying that couldn't be realization too, perhaps on some level, or suchness, or tatata. Bob, Bob Meissner, you have a question? Bob Bowing. I just, I will be the first to admit that I'm addicted to a separate self. Um, and yet, I am confused, and my question is around the difference between, uh, you, you had said just in today's talk, polarities. They're, they're the same and they're different. And then yet everything is the same. So I, I get confused. What, what, what do you mean by polarities when everything is the same? So exactly that, which it can't be described. So we use that kind of a conundrum to get your consciousness to loosen up its grip on, on the imaginary self, which is what's happening. When you say I get confused, you know, you might think that's a negative thing, but that's very positive to me because that's how it feels to study this path. It gets worse. And so if you're ready to do this, if your inspiration to be on this path is powerful enough, either the inspiration of the Buddha's words, the inspiration of your teacher or the community or some particular person in your life, then you might be able to continue and, and go because it's, it can be very, very difficult and frustrating up to and including uh, what's happened to me in a few cases where uh, people have that have been a student of mine for a long time just can't do this anymore. And some of that could be attributed to, I'm trying to teach them. And they're, they don't want that teaching. So um, it's been said, and I'll say it again, uh, uh, everything that teach, if you're a student, then everything the teacher does is a teaching. It would have to be. But that doesn't mean that if you see your teacher abusing somebody that you don't say something about it, but say it to the teacher. Don't say it to the, don't gossip. Uh, in your situation, I would say the downside is how you feel about it, the way you're expressing it, the confusion. But the upside is this is how it begins to feel when the ego starts to get caught in the middle of the, of the, of the Buddha's Dharma. When, when it comes out of either out of a book you may be reading or a teacher you may be listening to, then uh, just keep going, get back to the wall, sit down, hold still and watch that because that won't just based on the, on the, the teaching of uh, impermanence that can't withstand uh, any kind of scrutiny. It will, even that will start to come apart. Everything will come apart that is constructed, which is the very nature of relative truth con constructed or also imaginary, both of them.
Welcome. Yes, sir. I don't recall what you said, but um, looking at someone teaching just out of Buddha knowledge, if, if there's a teacher just teaching out of that in a community trying to learn from that person, is it a mundane path that they haven't seen the fifth Dharma? It would be difficult to say, comment too much on it. If, if, you're, if you're asking me, I, I couldn't say it uh, uh, conceptually or abstractly. I couldn't really decide on that. But if I can meet the person, all I have to do is talk to the person for a few minutes. Not because I'm a mind reader. Uh, there is no mind. So you don't need to read minds. Thoughts are just extra. You don't need to read anybody's mind. Just interact with someone for a few minutes. And you can see that if you've seen the nature of your own confusion, you've seen what a fool you are, then you can recognize fools everywhere. And you, because that foolishness shows up in so many different ways, and if that person functions as a student of yours, then you might be able to give them some feedback that will support them, not doing it for them, not about, about believing somebody or worshiping somebody, but it's about giving somebody the benefit of the doubt. Listen to what that person says. Train your mind. Find out who you are. So there's no, so you, when these, when this body mind complex goes into the, back into the, uh, the elements, fire, water, air, earth. Let's say another one. Efer? Yeah. Kefer? Then you won't mind. Because you know you're not you're not just a, a biological body. You're much, much more than that. It's so much more than that that even even you can't measure it. It's it doesn't have a structure of being being able to be measured because it is uh, beyond this and also not separate from it, not to. And that's what leads, uh, as Bob, that's what's leading you into this. You're seeing what's, what's being said to you is what looks like two different things that are not separate from each other. So you have to do that with your consciousness. Andre, Andre? when practicing, practicing chicken topics, city scale, facing wall, for instance, a motorcycle is heard outside or a plane above. Is it just receiving and we have an image of the plane or communication about them? Same thing. The only job to do on Shikantaza is hold still and watch the movement. And it could be in your mind. It could be the sound of a motorcycle. It can be uh, a planning of what you're going to do tomorrow. Shikantaza, this is not Shamatha Vipassana or any other mindfulness uh, uh, practices or so on. I don't, I don't teach those. I'm not against them. If you have a teacher that teaches that, then listen to what she says or he says. If you have a teacher, that's your connection as a teacher, not the teaching. This is taught lots of different ways. The way I'm teaching it is out of, out of what I'm looking at. I don't know how else to say it other than that. I, I don't need to look around for answers to your question or anyone's. So watch what moves. And the way you do that is to take everything that you can that you think you are, and I emphasize that, that you think you are, hold it still, and then watch what continues to move in the mind stream. Um, the motorcycle you hear, you might imagine, you might, if you're into motorcycles, you might be able to tell the difference between a, uh, a 650 BSA and a, a 70, what is it, 74 cubic centimeter, no, no, cubic inch Harley. All you motorcycle people can come and uh, dismantle me. No, 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 sir. Yoka. Yoka bowing. 
What is transcendental dyslexia? That's just I'm just using that as to say it's just you don't know one from the other, you don't know right from left, and it's transcendental because it goes into uh, goes uh, beyond the otherness that's even there in the first place, to where you can see that the the otherness, this and that, are actually in, superimposed on reality, on on uh, tatata or on suchness or on um, what is being pointed at by uh, reality, the word reality. Good. Yoka bowing. Does suchness fuel transcendental dyslexia? Suchness doesn't have any otherness to it. It's a word that is basically is just saying totality. You could say if you needed a relative word, totality, but you can't even say totality because if it's a totality, then you, you couldn't even comment on it because then there would be a commentator. So it's worse than that and it's better than that. It's, it's worse because it's, it's devastating. It can be extremely, and, and the pain that you can have in the ego can be without any language. It just can be, and I'm, I'm not saying that everyone's going to have to go through this because everyone's karma is different, but some people have to go through really intense, uh, what is, uh, could be talked about, uh, in the, uh, uh, in the, the, uh, the idea of the six realms, the realm of desire, the hell realm, the hungry ghost realm, the animal realm, the human realm, the realm of the jealous gods, the, and the God realm. Someone may have to go through hell without any knowing even what it is. And that's why I would say you, <laughs> you may have to go see a therapist, but uh, I prefer that you don't. I prefer that you do it with your own consciousness. You go, you go through hell yourself. Who you are can't, is, who you are can't come to an end, can't, who you actually are cannot be terminated because, because it has not arisen. That which has arisen is going down. This human form is, comes up, is around for a while, looks around, comes to a few conclusions or exclusions and goes back into the elements. But who you, who you are can't, can't disappear. It cannot vanish because it has never appeared. It's, it's beyond the relative situation. She showed. Is uh, seeking relationship or contrast, even if it is scientific or dispassionate, is that a form of grasping? Well, yes. Yes, but just being aware of it, that, that keeps it from being uh, too much... Uh, uh, aggression. So you need some grasping. You need to, I need to grasp this to pick it up or to pick up my fork or to uh, put on my robes or anything. You need some of that. It's when it goes over the top and starts protecting an imaginary self that doesn't want to be wrong that needs to be right. I could say, another thing I could say is uh, um, what I'm speaking out of, uh, how can I say this without being too foolish? Well, that's going to be impossible right there. Um, I'll say it like this. I, if you see this, you will not be concerned with what's going to happen next because there is no next. There's only this. There's no past. There's no future. You actually see it. And you can't, you can't necessarily go and tell your mom or your dad or somebody about this wonderful thing you're looking at. They'll, they'll just say, you might want to see a therapist. You know, I know a really good one. They will tell you this. 
So I wouldn't particularly, that's why I say to people, don't discuss your practice with people. That doesn't mean that in a book study or with your Sangha brothers and sisters, you don't talk about these, the, the Lankavatara Sutra, the Heart Sutra, the Diamond Sutra, or, or anything that I've said. You don't discuss that. Of course you do. That's very important to do that. But what, what you're going through, uh, you could say internally, mind your own business there and, and keep it to yourself. No, no gossiping about anything. Yes, sir. Do the five dharmas address what we do with the projections? What is it you want to know? I'm going over your question a couple of times, but I'm, it's looking like you're missing something there. What are you missing? It just looks to me like the five dharmas don't directly address that I can't seem to help but do something with what I'm projecting. Yes. And so I'm just wondering how to work with that. That's with that you do, you're doing it. Yes, you do. Just continue to do that. Don't look for results. This is the mundane path of getting a degree in psychology and getting a certificate and being part of the whole I'm not saying you shouldn't do that too, but the spiritual path is not about accomplishing anything. It's about about really fundamentally seeing what Trungpa Rinpoche pointed out in his book that we study, I think once a week or twice a week, is cutting through spiritual materialism. The materialism of, of, uh, materialism of materialism, we're going to have to do some of that. You're going to have to get your car fixed or you're going to have to uh, generate a livelihood and all those being uh, of living being but someone who is on the spiritual path and you're a fully ordained monk, then just continue to look at it. Look at the, the way we conclude. Look at the way we name. Just look at the very, what you're doing using the five dharmas. You're taking yourself into a very fundamental operation of consciousness where something arises, a thought, and we, we notice that we, we immediately do something with it. So uh, it, when you... Uh, Liberate yourself. Thoughts may come and you won't be concerned about how you feel. You'll have, you'll be able to actually watch negative feelings come in with all their little stories all tagging along with them. It's because she said, she said, they did, and I'm didn't, and I'm ready to just strangle her or him or I'm gonna run out or I'm going to throw my robes in the trash or don't do that. Don't believe your thoughts. Don't disbelieve your thoughts. Don't do anything with them. And I don't, the, the only way I know of that you can practice that is by seeing that thoughts are empty of a thinker. There's no, no one's generating anything. There, there's no personhood. You have to realize it. And that can be difficult. And it may be, you know, as long as you have some stories about everything, that kind of protects you from the, the, the fundamental oblivion of no self. The fundamental oblivion of going into the darkness and such that you don't care if you come back or not. You don't need something else to happen. If you need something else to happen, you're trapped in relative truth. If you don't care what happens, I'm not talking about dismissively, because you really care about everyone. There are no separate beings anymore. And that doesn't mean you care about them in such a way that you're going to help them rob a bank or care about them in such a way that you're that you can see that the, the shit they're dealing with, um, they're going to need to deal with that rather than you're going to save them from that. It needs to be a teaching. If it's not a teaching, then Maybe there's no teacher there. If it's a teacher, the teacher has to be, if it's going to be a true teacher, they have to be liberated. And when I say liberated, they're here, they have a physical form, they wave their hand, or they pick their nose, or 
swear or do whatever. They live like anybody else. They're ordinary. But they're no longer attached, nor are they detached. No position anymore. You can do that. You can do that, Freedom Mountain. You can do that. It's already the case. Just stop fighting it. The fancy word. Go ahead. Is what I'm doing with what I'm projecting just another round of form naming and projection? Yes. It's called samsara, circle. That means circle. But everything is circles. That's why the I say don't use a don't use a digital clock because it takes you into a conceptual area that doesn't help you. The circularity of the clock is very helpful. Started out as being a, a, a sundial, and then they put wheels on it. I think artificial sundial is that a clock? Is there actually are there actually wires going from here to the sun? interesting to say something like that and look at the people on, on no. people. <laughs> who said no <laughs> who, who said that Bob Bowie Bowie's <laughs> dad said that <laughs> your, your daughter's listening to you here so you're not going to get away with much okay so further we're way at the end of our Sojourn here. So maybe one final question somewhere from someone who is uh, who has a question. Kayan there's a question in the chat. Okay, let's do it. From Shoka, who says, "What is threatening to the ego about depression?" Belling. Well, the ego mind is, which is, uh, is has con confused thinking going on, thinks something is wrong. <clears throat> And that needs to be stopped or fixed. And uh, the awakened mind, the Buddha nature, uh, if you've if you've made the the shift, I don't know how else to say it. It's not really a shift. It's just if you stop covering up your enlightened nature with uh, the the complications and the agenda, the propaganda of the seventh consciousness, that which thinks there's somebody who's going to be harmed. Those are just feelings. Those are that's life is suffering. If you need it, Ashoka, go back and and. Uh, and repeat the, the first noble truth. You don't need the other three. Go back to the first noble truth. Life is suffering. Stop fighting with that. Because that's the part that pulls us away into wanting things to be different. So you're going to have to really realize that life is suffering. It's not a bad thing. We have nerve endings. Uh, even though we can come up with uh, uh, ways of dealing with that, there's no Novocaine for depression. And if there is, then uh, don't use it. Receive the depression. Receive the receive it. I'm not saying that one person say, ah, this is pretty bad. I'm going to have to use this drug or that drug or do this or that. Maybe you maybe you, you might have to do some of that. But that would be situational. If you're meditating and if you're training your mind and you've spent a few days, few years, Few decades training your mind. I wouldn't. I wouldn't argue with you. You say I really need to get some weed and get high. I would say, well, go do that. Or if someone else said I need to, you know, take ayahuasca, I wouldn't. I wouldn't fight with you. And I would say, well, what about that? Do you do you know anything about it? Or what's it like? Have you done it before? So it would be situational. But basically, my basic feedback for anybody, kind of generic, is 
get to the wall, hold still. People have been doing this for thousands of years without anything. Sit down, hold still, watch what moves, realize your true nature. And how do you do that? You, you have to look at the cover-ups. And one of the cover-ups is what? Depression. And it's not just the depression, it's the naming. It's the something arises, depression, we name it, and then we have ideas about it. It's a very good example. And I would say, don't do anything but just observe it. Eventually, if you just observe it, the very naming itself and the very commentary about it starts to come apart because they're dependently risen and they are based on fear, fear of being hurt, fear, fear of disillusion. Very difficult to do. You, you can't get free. Uh, uh, you can't get free of something. How do I want to say this? Warfare doesn't work. <laughs> you can't fight something, even though common cultural thing is we have to what the war on drugs and the war on this and the war on that fighting with other political parties and um, all that positionality is quite frustrating for all of us, I think. Thank you so much. Hi, this is Chiazan, the prior at Sokokoji Buddhist Monastery. Sokazan offers these talks without expecting anything in return. If you value these talks and would like them to continue, please visit our donate page at www.sokokoji.org. Thank you.